Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Hey, church family, thank you for joining us again online only this week or through the podcast. Um, I'm happy to say that a lot of our families are making headway, recovering from COVID. We're so thankful for that. We've had some people that are um, having somewhat severe cases, and so we want to continue to pray and intercede for the whole church family that God will just uh, bring us all through, all healthy with no long-term impacts and um, just healthy and whole. And we're just trusting the Lord for that. And I do want to say, if you are homebound and quarantining and that kind of thing, and you need something, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can call us at 556-5700. Of course, the area code's 804. Again, that's 556-5700. Or you can email us at friends at victorychristian.church, and we will have somebody bring to you whatever it is that you need. But uh, we're rooting for you and praying for you and want to be there for you. Uh, Today, I want to continue and do the last in our series called A Child is Born. This is going to be part four. And as in other weeks, I want to open up with Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, where it says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And of course, this is that scripture in Isaiah that prophesies the coming of our Savior hundreds of years before. Let's take a moment and let's pray. God, thanks for this day. Thank you, God, for watching over our church family. We just continue to proclaim, Lord, you're the God who forgives all our sins and heals all of our diseases. And Lord Jesus, we receive all of of your goodness and glory and your healing that you have for us as a church family. Household to household, God, that you would touch people who've been touched with this. And God, that you would halt uh, this disease and God, halt its spread and protect life. And we just thank you not only for healing, but we also pray for no long-term impacts. We thank you, God. We look to you as our healer today in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned, this is the fourth and last part in our series, A Child is Born. And I want to remind you about a part that we did in part two, because I want to connect with that today. In part two, in our message series, we talked about the frailty of that first Christmas. We talked about how you know, this newborn baby, Jesus, came into the world in you know swaddling clothes and you know a frail baby if you will like a real child and you've got these very young very inexperienced parents and not only that you've got you know uh, Mary who is full term ready to deliver and having to travel all the way to Bethlehem for a census with her husband and uh, you know that's compounded you know all of this uh, these situations that make it kind of a tender and frail situation with the fact that King Herod hears of this and decides that he wants to kill uh, baby Jesus and try to find a way to do it and so of course the angel of the Lord Uh, warns Joseph and Joseph flees to Egypt. And again, all of these these things just point to how frail that first Christmas was, how tender it was. But then we also talked about how God is not intimidated 
by our weakness or our weak situations. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, we landed on this verse and that, that message. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, God's power, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, um, we talked about how in our weakness, God's power can rest on us and how we can find his strength in those moments and God is honored and glorified. And today I wanna take you to the other extreme. We talked about frailty and weakness. And today in part four, I wanna talk about um, heaven and the glory of Christ and, and his strength and also talk about all those in-between circumstances, if you will. Yeah, Jesus was born in frail and vulnerable circumstances. Um, so much could have been gone wrong. Uh, but in the midst of those circumstances, you see the greatness of Jesus's calling and his identity. Even the Magi call it, right? In chapter two of Matthew, it says the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews, right? This king of the Jews and all those frail situations we talked about before, but he is gonna be the king of the Jews. It says, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They called it, right? They knew there was something very special about this child that was being born. And yeah, while he was being born in frailty and in a weak situation, the reality is his destiny was king of the Jews. As a matter of fact, in Revelations, it refers to our Jesus as king of kings and lord of lords. And it's like two ends of the spectrum, right? Like you have the frailty of his birth, yet the Father's watching over him, and then the glory of the risen Christ, right? King of kings and Lord of lords. Then there's the in-between, if you will, right? In-between his birth and entering into his glory. And in that in-between place, what we see is things like, you know, Jesus grew up. It says in, in Luke 2, it says that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man because he, he lived his real life, right? And, and then we see throughout the scriptures that Jesus experienced weakness. He, he knew what it was to be thirsty. The woman at the well, he's asking for a drink. He knew what it was to be hungry and tired. And in Mark chapter six, he's trying to get some rest for him and for his disciples. Um, we know that Jesus knew what it was to process grief. After the death of John the Baptist, Jesus is trying to get away and pray and spend time with the Father. Uh, he knew what it was to be hungry and tired in the circumstance of he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights at the beginning of his, of his ministry. And, and then, of course, in Matthew 26, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, distressed and in anguish, um, saying, God, if it's possible, Father, let this cup pass from me, but nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so you see in this, this in-between place, Jesus really experienced moments of weakness, right? And of course, in his experience on, in life on earth, if you will, he experienced great strength. We see the strength of his teaching, the, the glory of his miracles and his strong relationships with his disciples and with others. And we see his, just his ministry, the strength come through. And if you will, even Jesus's life was like one of those sine waves. And I apologize if I'm talking to you in math today. It's just kind of the way my brain works sometimes. You know, a sine wave shows kind of the ups and the downs, right? And, and the reality is that we live 
in a world that is broken by sin. But, you know, if you call upon Jesus as your Savior, you have this new life in Him. And just like Jesus is, is experiencing, we experience um, moments of weakness and we experience moments of strength. And I think it's really important for us to know, to remember that this is really normal. Like this is part of life on earth in a broken world. Um, and it can sometimes be unsettling. I remember, you know, as a younger man, when when life things would happen and catch me flat-footed or I didn't expect it, um, I would think um, in that moment of weakness, if you will, I would think, what is wrong with me? Or what have I done wrong? And I would look really, you know, internally and, and try to figure out what was going on. And you know, and you have moments of strength as a young person and you can let it go to your head and think it has something to do with you. And as you go on through life, you begin to recognize that, you know, life takes you by surprise. You can be in the moment of strength in one moment and then something happens and it takes you to a totally different place. And you don't always get a 30-day notice. You don't always see it coming. Many times in life, it's just a surprise. And I, I wanna talk to you about how we respond in those moments of weakness and moments of strength, um, how we process it, because it's important for us to know, and one of the reasons I've been talking through Jesus's life in those terms is it's important to know that this is really normal in a broken world, right? That we have moments of strength and moments of weakness and moments of strength and moments of weakness. And how you handle those moments is really important. The wrong way to handle weakness is things like frustration and anger or turning on yourself or maybe self-pity or, uh, or depression. And I gotta tell you, if you only experience moments of weakness most of the time, that's when you, you gotta ask for some help. Reach out to someone that you trust uh, to get help because you're not supposed to live in that place. Another, you know, then there's the, the wrong ways to handle, you know, those moments of strength. Some, for some of us, we can be led to pride and we just think, you know, we're just so amazing. And we all are amazing because we've been made in the image of God, but we're not that amazing when you consider God. And we should have humility in us, even in the moments of strength that we experience. For some of us, when we have moments of strength and things are doing really well in life, we can be tempted to get kind of lazy and just kind of settle in and rest in. And well, of course, life always has a way of waking us up when those moments happen. But what is the right way for us to process moments of strength and moments of weakness? What's the right way for us to look at it? And the first thing I'll say is don't be surprised when you move from one to another, right? Because that, again, is just life. In our weakness, we talked about this a couple weeks in that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where, right, in our weakness, what we want to do is look to God. Look to God to be our strength. Ask Him to come and let His presence and His strength rest on our, our lives, on our weakness and cover us. And there's something that you can experience in that moment of weakness when God's presence and strength comes in those moments because it's in our weakness that He can be strong in us, amen? And when it comes to those moments of strength, 
I think that's when we're supposed to look to God with thanks and honor and worship and bringing that strength back to Him and just placing it in His hands and really having an attitude of thankfulness that keeps us in that place of humility and keeps our focus on Him. And really the key here is whether you're uh, on the mountaintop or in the valley, the key here is to keep your eyes on Jesus and to not get caught flat-footed when the circumstances change, but to recognize that, you know what, the, the atmosphere in the world can change in a, in a moment. You know, I, I remember a week and a half ago when we just started having several families in the church get diagnosed with COVID, it just seemed like one after another for about 48 hours. And I just thought, you know what, God, you are bigger than this. And I remember one morning, and I mentioned this, I think, last week, one morning I woke up uh, and the verse was in my heart and my mind. And a lot of times this is how the Lord will speak to me. A verse will be in my mind. And the verse from 1 Corinthians 12 was in my mind. In my weakness, you are made strong. And I thought, you know what, God? You are going to be strong in the midst of our, as a church family, our moment of weakness with people being sick. And we're just going to focus on you and we're going to come to you. I honestly love it when it's just kind of obvious. Like the thing we have to do is go to God. And really, that's the theme here, right? Which is in our moments of strength, in our moments of weakness, coming to the Lord and presenting ourselves to Him, to never get distracted by the circumstance or never get distracted by ourselves or start to look inward, but to always keep our eyes on Him. I love what Hebrews 12.1 says. It says, And let us run with perseverance. Doesn't that sound like what we need in the midst of the ups and the downs of life is to run the race with perseverance that's been marked out for us. Recognize, by the way, this isn't in the scripture, recognizing God that He sees what's ahead of you. Nothing is surprising God. We can be surprised, but He's never surprised. Now let me read this to you again. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I love that. We got to fix her eyes on Jesus. It continues and says, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Another version says, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for, from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. I love that. Let's run the race with perseverance, keeping our eyes on Jesus, every high and every low, keeping our focus on Him. I think a right way of looking at the timeline for a believer, for someone who has called upon Jesus and said, Jesus, you are my Lord, is the timeline starts with this new birth, this new life. We were once spiritually dead, and now we're alive. And we walk through this life uh, with Christ, with this sine wave of ups and downs, but every up and down works a maturity in us. There are opportunities, whether it's an up or a down, an opportunity or for maturity in our moments of weakness and in our moments of strength. And then we, as we continue to mature, as we continue to become more Christ-like, then there's that kind of final calling home, and that's where it's like all up and to the right, if you will, and we get to be in heaven with Christ and, and know what it is to, to be there with Him. And I, I think that 
looking at our timeline that way and knowing that those ups and downs are really normal. I want to give you one more verse uh, before we close today. This is a really favorite verse of mine. I want to tell you the context of the verse um, first, but then I'm going to make some application. The, the context is about Paul talking about just his living and his life as he ministered and planted churches and, and did apostolic work. He was just talking about how financially he had moments where he was really good and fin- financially had moments where he was, wasn't so good. But this is how he described his own heart towards that. Philippians 4, 12 says this, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Would you say that word content? I have learned the secret of being content. In every situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Some of you know that version, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Now the context of this is Him talking about just his financial status as he's in times in want or hungry and other times well-fed and has plenty, right? But I love this attitude about life in general. I have found the secret is to be content. Now, I don't think that contentment is found in ourselves. And I don't think our contentment has to do with just kind of our own personal perspective about life. I think our contentment is placed in God. Our, our, our contentment is placed in Him that, you know what, God? If I have you in my life, I'm content. If I have you in my life, everything's going to be all right. And I, I know it sounds like an oversimplification, but it's so profound. He's always the answer. Going to the Lord is always the answer. In moments of strength, we want to run to Him and throw our crowns before Him and say, God, you are so great by what I see you doing around me. In our moments of weakness, we want to run to Him and cry out to Him and say, God, I need you in this moment. I feel my weakness, but I know that you can be made strong and I know that your power can come on my life in these moments of weakness. And I just invite you to be closer than ever before. I just want to encourage you, wherever you are on that sign wave. Never be surprised if things change. Don't get flat-footed by it, but know that He knows and always go to Him. I mentioned when we started today, uh, or I mentioned just a moment ago that, you know, for all of us who've called upon Christ, we have that new birth, that starting of the timeline where we were dead spiritually and now we're alive. And I just want to invite you into that relationship with Jesus if you've not had it in your life where you have said to Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be the ruler of my life. I just want you to know that Jesus has done everything to make a way. It says that he has made a way for to reconcile us between himself and us because of what he's done on the cross. He's paid for our sin. He's made a way for us to enter into his kingdom without the weight of sin and shame. And all you need to do is invite him into your life and say, God, forgive me of my sins and I want to follow after you. And it will begin the next journey of your life of new birth and of being spiritually alive in him. And if that's a decision that you're making today, I want to encourage you to cry out to God and just say, God, come into my life. And again, if you're making that decision today, I would love to hear about it because we want to rejoice with you. Would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps? Uh, Because we would love to hear about 
um, your decision to follow Christ. I'm going to close today with prayer, and I'm going to pray that in our ups and our downs, that we can always look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith, and that the kind of contentment that we have in our lives will be a God contentment that he gives us through all of those, and that we'll experience the maturity that he has for us along the way. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, we love you today and we thank you so much, God. We thank you so much, God, that you're never, never taken by surprise by the circumstances in our life. And Lord, we just today, we place our lives into your hands and we pray that, Lord, regardless of the highs and the lows, that we could walk circumspectly, Lord Jesus, saying, God, you are in our lives, above our lives, and we committed our lives, our lives, are in your hands. And so God, whether in strength or in weakness, may we be encouraged in you and may we look to you and may we keep our focus on you. I pray specifically those for those who've been just really discouraged and down, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit will rush in rush in and bring a strength and an encouragement to them. God, speak to their hearts as only you can. And Lord, that still small voice speaking to them and encouraging them, giving hope and a future. God, for um, every season, every high and every low, God, we say you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Help us to keep you as the focal point in every season and every moment of life. And God, we look forward to that moment when we're called to you in heaven for eternity. We give you glory and honor. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.